0: here is your weekly and, Marotta. and, Marotta. and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, weekly blast. The most irrelevant and grotesque regular season in basketball history has ended from load management to tanking. It was a season when the biggest stars mocked their profession like never before, where NBA players were more like NBA sitters or NBA resters. But in the end, the Suns played this whole exercise perfectly. They entered the playoffs with the four seed, the home court advantage and a healthy basketball team, and they drew a a manageable opponent in the Clippers kicking the Warriors to the other side of the bracket. Like I said perfect. The Suns are also under a different kind of pressure. They're seeking atonement for last year's fiasco. Devin Booker Chris Paul and Monty Williams all have their own playoff albatrosses to lose. There's also an element of destiny a team attempting to win their first title in Al McCoy's last season on the job in a year where the presence and grace of Jerry colangelo has returned to the organization there's the legacy of kevin durant and the boost it would provide if he were the missing link in Phoenix, and then there's the tantalizing opportunity for Matt Ishbia, who might be hoisting a trophy after taking control in February. That would be quite an impact statement from a rookie owner in a league full of highly ambitious billionaires. So the playoffs, they're finally here. And in Phoenix, we've got a team that seems ready to right all wrongs to make this time our time. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. Make luxury attainable. You can find them online at chapmanbmw.com.
1: The number is ten. It is. What would that? What number would that be? Ten players in the entirety of the NBA who played in eighty two games or more this year. <laughs> and wow. I say or more because Mikael Bridges got into eighty three games. Mm-hmm. Even though he wasn't eligible to play, could have been an 84 had he played in that first game, a real quick turnaround after yeah. that, that trade, and he got mm-hmm. into four seconds of yesterday's game, but only 10 players. Kevon Looney, Nikola Vucevic, Mikel Bridges, Derek White, Harrison Barnes, Kenyon Martin Jr., Jr. Isaiah Hartenstein. Okay, Gamble. <laughs> Kenny Martin Jr., Junior. Isaiah Hartenstein, <laughs> Patrick Williams, Jordan Paul, Tommy Eason. The, oh, my God. Good. The Abba guitar
0: player died. I, I I can't go on. What? He did. The oh. guitar player for Abba died. Really? He did. He actually died. Yeah. We don't oh, need to get no. derailed on that. I saw that this <laughs> morning at all. It's, it, oh,
1: it's going to be a hard day for Gamble. Was that Bjorn or Bjorn? Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Too soon.
2: <laughs> Either
0: way, R.I.P. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, here's what I, um, for all my um, real confidence, I really and I've looked at the matchups a little bit. I really think that I don't think the Clippers are going to be ready for what's coming at them. I think I think the Suns have something very powerful and very potent with KD. I think they know it. I think um, the, the atonement factor it it better be as real as I expect it to be deep inside of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Because I know, you know basketball, I know basketball. Getting mocked and embarrassed in Game 7 of a home game and, and having it non-competitive at halftime, you wear that until you don't wear that. Yeah, and you they have know to unwear it. it. You have to unwear it. Mm-hmm. So, the, so these guys, I think these guys are going to be smoking hot in terms of ready to seize this moment. I don't think the Clippers have a chance, but that's me. But I have to remind myself... None of this stuff comes easy. The last two times the Suns made it to the NBA Finals, 93, they got caught up in a first round nightmare that they had to dig themselves out of famously, mm-hmm. and they did, Yes, and then we know that first round against the Lakers and how tenuous that looked after three games.
1: Yeah, I mean, down 2-1 at that point, um, it certainly looked tenuous, mm-hmm. so uh, this is different. Even though the the win total is only 45, the Suns might be going in with more expectation than than ever before. Uh, even more so than their last trip to the finals two seasons ago. And yes, they had expectations last year. Although the Suns did not look like... And anybody who lived through that can can attest to it, can can buy into it. They did not look like the same team. No. Once they tried to dial it back up, they kind of coasted very little down the stretch. But once they tried to dial that back up, it wasn't there to be dialed in. Um, your point... And maybe the Suns are extremely confident because they know what they have. Like they've shown Kevin Durant in this mix for eight games. But Kevin Durant, playoff Kevin Durant can be a lot different. He's going to play. I mean, that is one thing that I'm so glad about. All this stress and anxiety and consternation over who's going to play, how many minutes. That's one thing I love about the playoffs. Minutes don't become a thing anymore for most players. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's going to play 40-plus. Devin Booker's going to play 40-plus. Yeah. Chris Paul's going to play. He's going to max out his minutes uh, as his as, as play warrants. What yeah. I think is interesting about this matchup, and yes, they did play yesterday, um, and it was it was just a strange game. There's not much you can read into yesterday's game, but you can read into something that Monty Williams said after the game, and maybe consider this the first salvo of this matchup between the Suns and Clippers. Here's
3: what Monty had to say. I don't think I saw anything earth-shattering or mind-blowing. We understand how they play. You know, they they look for matchups, and you have to be able to have a great ship defense against those matchups. Um You know, there were a few times where Kawhi had the ball at the top and they were looking for certain guys to be on him so that he could go play one-on-one. I think the more um, you score against them, you can get back and set your defense against that type of ploy. But the other side is, you know, the ability to just guard two dribbles and not give up threes. If we can guard in a one-on-one environment, which is what they do a lot of, and take away their threes, um... We we think we can be productive against any team.
1: So if you're Ty Lue and the Clippers, and you read that or you hear that comment, hey, we understand how they play. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the first impetus for Ty Lue to say, "All right, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna maybe. maybe adjust a little bit here." Yeah,
0: maybe. Um, I I think though, it, it to me, there's a couple of things here. I think had Kevin Durant not been part of this, say say the Suns were going in with the old crew, if Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges were still here. I, everybody had this fear of what is going to happen when teams just start blitzing Chris Paul ruthlessly. I don't have that fear anymore. They they've they've strategized against that fear. Mm-hmm. The Chris Paul we're going to see in this playoff is going to be markedly different than the one we saw the last couple of years, and and the, and it, it, he's going to be more of a passenger. But I think he's going to have some very big moments. And make very big shots.
1: He's going to have opportunities for oh, those sure big is. moments.
0: He sure is. Yes. And so it's, and what Ty Lue said basically is okay, teams now live in fear of, of Kevin Durant in the corner three. So how are teams going to account for Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and then do so in a way that doesn't just leave them just terribly compromised? Good luck with that. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. As much as we all love Mikael Bridges and we all love what what he did for us and how much he loved being loved by us, <laughs> how much he loved being part of our experience here, keep in mind doing it in the NBA regular season and doing it in the postseason are two different things. Go ask Devin Booker. And it's not like Devin Booker's been bad, but, but this is going to be the postseason – I would be shocked if Devin Booker does not have an emphatic response for that question that nobody is really going to be talking about.
1: Well, and Devin Booker's going into this postseason run on a little bit of a downswing. He hasn't been shooting the ball. He's, you know, the second half of the season has been very streaky for him. Mm-hmm. When he's on, he's on. Mm-hmm. And he's got a, you know a player of the month award to his credit. And we've seen him go off for 35 plus. You know, he's when the playoffs start on Sunday. He'll be kind of on a downswing, at least statistically. Yeah, okay. And you wonder how much you know the the grind of the season wears on you. Um, all of those things, but yeah, am I willing to bet on Devin Booker in the playoffs this time around? His, thir- his third go around in the playoffs. This, this has to be the year. Yeah, that's, yes. yeah. This, this
0: is it's, it's another reason why I think this is going to be the Suns year. Now, again, that, and I mean in terms of winning the West, I, I don't know how they're going to match up if it's Boston and or Milwaukee. I think those are superiorly, superiorly structured basketball teams. Both no, of them. Not only that, they're built better. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I'm excited, man. I it just it just it just feels like the team has what they need and they know they have what they need and the confidence they showed
1: in kind of punting these last couple of games. Now we're good. We're good. Yeah. A uh, note from uh, Shams Charania today uh, just moments ago. Uh, According to sources, Clippers star Paul George is expected to be sidelined to begin the first round playoff series against the Suns, but is making some tangible progress from his March 21st knee injury. So they're going to leave it out there that he might be uh, an add-on mid-series. Yes. We'll see. But you remember how the Clippers handled the Kawhi Leonard situation, too. Mm -hmm. There was some mystery on whether or not he was going to play in that series. He missed the whole next season. That's right. There's games that are played, too. Oh, yeah. Let's let's be honest. And this is not as serious an injury as what Kawhi had, obviously, but something to keep in mind. Coming up next, a great weekend for the D-backs, taking three of four from the Dodgers. We will get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: on these Sunday day games um, last game of the series you really try and come out and make statements early uh, that, that ensures that, that you're ready to play a baseball game I thought we did a really good job of that so um, by falling behind one nothing, We came out. We played engaged baseball. We had so many quality at-bats. We had hustle plays, stolen bases, good defensive plays. Um, uh, Nelly gives us a quality start. I just thought it was, it was, a, it was a really good win for us today.
1: Yeah, that's Tori Lovello, manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, after his team took three of four from the Los Angeles Dodgers over the weekend. That was after splitting a four-game series to start the season. I look at it this way, Vic. Yeah? I mean, if that had been a playoff series, the, you know, the first seven games of that series, Diamondbacks won four of the first seven. They would have beat the Dodgers in a playoff series, which is not, I mean, it, it sounds pathetic to present it that way, but you brought up a stat or a win-loss record mm-hmm. earlier in the show that in 2020 from twenty twenty to, t- to 2022, yep. the Arizona Diamondbacks went 10-38 and 38 against the L.A. Dodgers. Nah, not good. Yeah. And now they've got 5 wins against them so far in the and- first Eight games that they played them this year.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a, a stretch. Uh, there was a, a stretch of the last Diamondbacks playoff team when they were they owned the Dodgers for a glorious stretch of, of weeks. I remember a four game sweep in L.A. that was really almost groundbreaking. But ever since then, it's really been it's really been an awful experience because the games in Chavez Ravine, many of them have been non competitive. The games in Phoenix have have featured just thousands upon thousands of Dodger fans when you. And I used to do uh, games from the stadium. I, I I remember just being astounded at the levels. So so everything that happened this weekend was sort of like if you didn't if you didn't know who the big spending monolith was, yeah, then why, why, you might have assumed the Diamondbacks were the team mm-hmm. with the. 350 million dollar payroll. So I think this was a good impact statement. It's only 10 games. It doesn't mean anything uh but but it, what it does do is it announces the Diamondbacks is serious. So that so if if there was a belief that this was going to be the year and Jeff Passen
1: was among those who claimed this is going to be the year, this is the way to prove it. Yeah, and there seems to be this thought, wow, the Diamondbacks navigated through these first 10 games against Division foes, 8 against the Dodgers, 2 against the Padres. Now they can breathe. No, you can't breathe. The Milwaukee Brewers mm-hmm. come in with the uh, owners of the best record in the National League. They're 7-2 and two to start the season. The Diamondbacks are going to see their top two pitchers in games 2 and 3 of this series in uh, Burns and Woodruff. The Brewers are off to not only the 7-2 and two start, but a, a run differential of plus 25 right now, which is the second best in baseball, by the way. Tampa Bay on a pace to go one hundred and sixty-two and zero.
0: How about that <laughs> nine and zero oh start to the season? I heard With people f- complain. Oh, they haven't played anyone. Who ca- you are
1: nine zero? Oh, who cares? Run differentials plus 57. That's 32 runs better than anybody in baseball yeah, so far. Yeah. So anyhow, it doesn't get any easier for the Diamondbacks, but this has got to build confidence, and Josh Rojas, who's off to a really good start offensively this year, uh, and had a great series against the Dodgers, talked about you know some things that he was able to glean from this series and just the feeling between the two teams. This is very interesting. It feels really good. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we were putting the pressure on, I felt like it was like the first time I've ever played the
2: Dodgers where it felt like, you know, they they, they could feel the pressure, um,
1: and there was nothing really they could do about it. I mean it wasn't like we were, you know, smacking the ball over the place just finding holes, not striking out, putting the ball in play and, and then we got on bases putting the pressure on. That has to be a very reassuring feeling for a younger baseball team that has a certain style of play but to Mm -hmm. know early on that that style that they want to play if they carry it out that can put pressure on a team that outspends you 3-1 to or whatever it is
0: oh without a doubt and this reputation that they're getting now of the minute guys get on base they're gone Mm -hmm. they're going that creates a lot of internal pressure inside a baseball game on the opposing pitcher Especially with the rules relegating how many times you can throw over to first base mm-hmm. now, yeah. So it, it's so I, I hope what we've seen the last couple of games is more of a trend and not an anomaly. But they've won, a, you know. It, it's it, it, they're in a real good place, and yeah, the schedule doesn't relent. But you know what? The schedule doesn't matter if you're a good team. If you're if you're a if you're a really good team, then the schedule is is more of a worry to your opponent, and that's where I think this whole thing has to get eventually. And it might it might happen this year because these t- kind of teams, if they're put together properly, you remember those old St. Louis Cardinals teams, don't you, Vinny? Oh, Tommy Har, <laughs> Vince Coleman, <laughs> Willie McGee, Lonnie Smith. <laughs> those teams were a nightmare. They get one guy on base, boom. It was just it was like a carousel on the bases. The only and way they to dro-
1: stop them was to roll up one of them in the tarp,
0: <laughs> and that did indeed happen. <laughs> that did indeed. <laughs> I did, did indeed happen. So it, Google it, it the right? So I so I think this was. Uh, this was this is really good. This was a very very good weekend for Arizona sports yeah. in general. Yeah. I mean, the, the weekend couldn't have gone better for the Suns. Even though they lost yesterday, I uh, I was I was really uh, not anxious, but I was uh, this thing could have gone any number of ways. Any, the the Blazers were very very close to beating the Clippers on Saturday, was it? Mhm. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so that Warriors matchup was sitting right there, and you're like, mm. so they that worked for them. You had John Rom and Phil Mickelson atop the leaderboard at Augusta. You, you'd mentioned ASU baseball with a weekend sweep. So this is good. We're in a
1: good place, and man. The D-backs taking three or four from the Dodgers. Here's uh, the thoughts and the focus from uh, manager Tori Lovello after that th- uh, four-game series.
2: That's what I was focused on, just going out and, and showing the rest of, the, rest of the, the, the league, the two teams we've been playing inside of our league, that um, we're ready to play some baseball. Um, and... Uh, it's amplified because of the Dodgers of course um, they're a really good team and they've been doing it at a very high level for the past 10 years so I think anytime, anytime you have a good series of playing complete baseball games and some things we need to work on uh, but you want 3 or 4 from them um, it's, it's definitely a good feeling
1: yeah, we'll take that well, good feeling Smith just...
0: came right out of the minors, had himself a day yesterday and that's mm-hmm. when you start seeing that, that's another sign of a real healthy team when, when guys, when you've got that kind of quality... In the minors, that when guys get their opportunity, they they come in and they pop. Well, because they know that's their only chance. Of and they're
1: experiencing around. that with position players right now. Pave Smith being the example. They're experiencing that with with pitchers right now, where you got to go to the the you know A, You got to bring somebody up. It's not a detriment because those guys are exactly. so close to major league level, if not major league level, and just victims of a numbers crunch. Uh, D backs and uh, Brewers tonight in the opener of that series. Zach Gallen against Wade Miley. Six forty first pitch from Chase, of course. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Coming up next, the playoff field is set. Lots to talk about in the NBA. And we'll do it with ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: That was how we play. I mean, we played... Decent defense. Um, the, the second half, you know, it got away from us in the fourth, but some of that was just, you know, size and uh, got a bit loose in transition. But you can see they got progressively better over the course of the game as far as scoring the ball. But I thought our guys played hard all night long, and you know, you learn a lot in games like that. And it's
1: Monty Williams, the head
3: coach of the uh, Phoenix Suns,
1: after they wrapped up their regular season with a 114 loss to the uh, Clippers at Footprint Center for. Forty-five and thirty-seven. The Clippers finish at forty-four and thirty-eight, one game back. And we're going to see these two teams play each other uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Best of seven starts on Sunday at Footprint Center. Uh, it is Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Monday, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, efforting to uh, catch up with Bobby Marks from ESPN. Um, now Monty said you could take you, you could learn a lot in a game like mm-hmm. that. I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case across the board, but. As the Suns shape up now, Bick, when you look at the way you know, this roster is built, the fact that it looks like they dodged a bullet on two guys that could play significant bench roles in the playoffs in Cameron Payne and Bismack Biombo from an injury standpoint, mm-hmm. do you see anything shifting all that much? Do you see a change in the starting lineup, or is it going to be Josh Okogie? I think it's kind of nailed that spot down. I also, one me, thing I did take from yeah. yesterday, Bick, was Torrey Craig, for for. A team that dressed nine players, Tory Craig played five minutes. They're going to count on him heavily. And maybe Tory Craig becomes a guy that. You know, plays the bulk of the minutes as opposed to Josh Okogie and, and torrey has been playing really good basketball as of late.
0: Yeah, and and, and I like see to me, I, I like Josh Okogie's defense. I I just I think that he's the kind of uh, anonymous piece that would work best in the starting lineup for me. I, I really hope that that the rotation is kind of defined. I think that was one of the lessons to learn from last year was to not get uh, too crazy with that stuff and, and and identify your core and stick with them and and don't bail on them. Them. Um the other thing that I think is really going to help this basketball team is unlike last year when when you and I went back and forth about how could a number 1 seed be penalized by not being able to plan for an opponent cuz of the play in mm-hmm. at least the Suns know they've got a week not only to 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 get themselves right Physically and all that stuff, but they've got a week to target and yeah. prepare.
1: They can hone in on their preparation yeah. and mm-hmm. study on, on mm-hmm. the L.A. Clippers. Yeah, and
0: the Clippers can do that too, but no one has really shown the ability to deal with what the Suns are throwing at teams. And and the fact that they're 8-0 with Kevin Durant, that's that's not insignificant. And And the big thing, the big question now is how will this team respond to being tested? Are they going to be up to the challenge? Because that is the one thing you could say has not really occurred here this season with Kevin Durant real tests um, it's okay the, the Kevin Durant the eight games with Kevin Durant at Charlotte Charlotte is not a playoff team at Chicago they're in the play in at Dallas that felt like a real big game Dallas is not a playoff team Minnesota <laughs> yeah right exactly Minnesota. That was Katie's return from the ankle sprain. Um, that was a good performance. Then there were two games against the Nuggets, in which the w- w- in which the Suns were willing to engage, but the Nuggets weren't, which was quite interesting, right? So one game the, the the Nuggets rested four starters. The second one they rested five starters. The game in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is a play-in tournament team, and then San Antonio, obviously one of the worst teams in the league. So in terms of really being tested they haven't been but they also don't they, they've also made winning look very easy comfortably easy as in
1: this is going to work easy well, we, that's my ne- feeling we've honestly never seen anything like this before we've seen star players change teams at the deadline but i don't think it's ever been the combination of the 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 star power of kevin durant with his playoff reputation And then you mix that with the injuries and the fact that it's only an eight-game sample... This is unprecedented territory. And, and I the fact it that like, it
0: cost Mikhail Bridges, who responded in ways
1: nobody ever imagined. Yes. But we're talking you know, on the flip side of that. You know, Brooklyn is the sixth seed in the East. They got a matchup against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They've had a 27-game sample of what that team looks like with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. And even a few more games with Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. So they worked out some kinks. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, that's the part that still gives me pause. Do I have faith in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant? Absolutely. Did winning look easy in those eight wins? A lot of the time, it certainly did look easy. Playoffs are a different animal. No and doubt. The Suns, just like every other team that's in this tournament, are going to have to ratchet it up. Yeah.
0: And and I think that um, I I think Monty has to atone himself. I, I think he was pretty much out coached in both series, out clearly by Jason Kidd. Um, so so I think he needs to be really on his game with a real kind of strong conviction and mindset and all that stuff, and rotation. I like what he said yesterday. I like the, what he said that I've been watching playoff games. And it's reminded me of just how important every possession happens to be. That's the big difference. And that is the KD difference. Because in these big possessions, you need to have proven shot makers. And he is a proven big game shot maker. And that is something that I think is ultimately going to make them too
1: much to handle. Yeah, of the eight games that Durant has played, he's had six outstanding shooting games. Well, five outstanding ones, one good one, Mm -hmm. and two that were... Uncharacteristic of Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and one of those you write off to him finally playing in front of the Footprint Center crowd, and him admitting afterwards, "Yeah, I was a little bit nervous for this. Not par for the course for Kevin Durant. No, not kind at all. of like that icy, really focused playoff assassin. Yeah, yeah. Who is who is
0: who puts in the work and the reps, so his shot is always just flat out money. He's shooting the basketball better than he has his entire career. Now, granted, he's missed a ton of time this year. Yes,
1: but." That's saying something. Still, when you mm-hmm. put up the efficiency that he's putting up, oh, yeah. on the number yeah. of shots that he's putting up, mm-hmm. just uncharted territory there too. Yeah,
0: and so listen, so I, so I really, I think, I think that as much as part of me was kind of embracing a Warriors Sons first round matchup, like yeah, let's let's begin this with a big bang. This is perfect for them. This is the perfect first round matchup. It's great that the Warriors are on the other side of the bracket. Um, I, I hope we get. A Western Conference Finals matchup. I'm not sure the Warriors are going to get there.
1: So we'll see. A four against a a six? Think of that. Wow. That would be something. <laughs> if it was going to happen in any year, this would be the year to do it. And the other thing, too, I wanted to say about the Suns and the way they finished, because they they did make the determination, hey, for even Friday night in L.A. against the Lakers. And the Lakers played their stars. And I think the Lakers' stars even went through the motions early in that game. hmm but from a competitive standpoint with their core four on the bench i thought the suns actually acquitted themselves quite nicely they played hard they played together mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't embarrass themselves they were competitive in those two games yeah. for, for most of the games yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that against two teams that did have something to play for
0: right but but at the same time, I think the Suns really were not interested in winning these basketball games. Well, maybe the Lakers game, it didn't matter. Yeah. But, but, but I think yesterday they were quite content with losing that basketball game.
1: I think you're probably right. Yeah. And it may have been that yeah. unstated goal of, you know what, play as hard as you can, but don't get hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the fact that Monty didn't make any substitutions in the fourth quarter, that is outstanding. <laughs> that That is a head coach is like, yeah, no, no, you guys can take this W. You're good. Take it. We're good. We'll <laughs> take the L. It's all good.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. Coming up next, just a segment uh, before, yeah, after it was supposed to happen, we will catch up with Bobby Marks from ESPN nice. next. It's Bickley and Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Pickley, Vince Murata. Pickley and Morata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 82 games down, playoff season is here, play-in games start tomorrow in the NBA, Suns will get underway on Sunday against the Clippers in a 4-5 matchup. In the Western Conference here to talk about all of it with us from ESPN, NBA front office insider Bobby Marks, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, thanks so much for uh, the time this morning. We appreciate it. How are you? Good, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, I'll speak only for myself. A little uneasy just because of the small sample size we've seen. Kevin Durant in his son's uniform, only eight games. They're undefeated. We really don't have any historical basis to compare this to. Where is your certainty level that the Suns are are ready to go and a formidable contender in the West at this point, Bobby?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's you could probably look at it in, in, in two different ways. I think, yeah, the, the, the sample with Durant on the court is, is limited. Um, I'm not worried about him one bit. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I've seen him what he was able to do in Brooklyn, playing 40 games. Um, you know, certainly Golden State was before the injury here but I think he could fit in with any lineup and when you have the ultimate closer on your floor in the playoff setting um you know be him and Devin I'm not I'm not concerned uh, about that. I think the other thing is that there's no one dominant team in the Western Conference. That's the big thing, I think. If you know, if if Golden State was humming along and they had won sixty-five games this year, then I would say, yeah, you know, you could be facing them as the one seed. But I think you look at it from top to bottom, um, including, you know, certainly the Lakers who are sitting at seven and got to win a game. Every team's got some type of flaws or some type of questions Mm -hmm. here, including Denver, who's sitting at one, and Memphis at two. Sacramento, you can go. List goes on. So. I think it's, yeah, it's it's critical to get, um, you know, certainly, you know, protect home court, but even if you wind up splitting for somehow, you know, this roster, even, you know, that Dallas game was enough to show me that you can go in winning game on the road, even in a, in a, in a tough environment here. So yeah, there's concerns just because you, you know, you had not had this group for 65 games, but as I said, just the, the Durant factor, uh, and how open this Western Conference is? I'm not. I probably wouldn't be as concerned as probably prior years.
0: It was a uh, it was a rather uh, unseemly, kind of grimy weekend with all the tanking going on. Even that end of that Clippers Suns game, nobody really wanted to win that basketball game. Suns, I think, kind of avoided a, a more thorny matchup with the Warriors. How would you handicap though the Clippers as an opponent in in terms of what they might be able to do or not do?
4: Yeah, I mean, no Paul George, right? So you're likely you're not going to see him for the first round. I mean, that takes certainly a, a weapon off, um, you know, off the court there. You know, um, it's I think it's for them it's kind of their, the X factor probably won't be. It's not going to be Kawhi. I mean, you kind of know what you get with Kawhi and certainly – Westbrook out there I think certainly their their depth is going to be probably their x-factor Norman Powell Eric Gordon um you know Mason Plumlee coming off the bench that group there um you can't get one of those you can't get Gordon or Powell loose you know that loose means you know 27 30 points that's that's what the guys you I would probably be concerned about but yeah I mean if if I mean if Paul was there, then I would say, yeah, this is going to be, um, seven games or I'd give, uh, the Clippers the edge. I, I had to send my predictions in this morning. I think I put Phoenix in six here. Um, so I, you know, out of the, out of all the matchups that you've got, I mean, I would have been more concerned with Sacramento, you know, certainly. I would have been certainly more concerned with Golden State. Certainly, I would have been definitely more concerned with the Lakers based on LeBron and AD here. So I think out of the, out of the, these groups, you probably, got the more favorable matchup just because Paul George isn't there.
1: Bobby Marks from ESPN, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. You mentioned the Sacramento Golden State matchup, which I think is fascinating. Sacramento, you know, very little playoff experience collectively; haven't been there in a fr- as a franchise in forever. Golden State, very rocky road to get to this point as the defending champions. But the amount of disrespect I think uh, that's being uh, p- put on Sacramento is maybe being a speed bump on Golden State's uh, path to the- to the second round. We know Golden State's a bad road team. I'd love to know your thoughts on this series going into it, Bobby. i pick Sacramento in six. Wow. And I'm probably going to be the only ESPN person (laughs) who did it. I look at them...
4: The, the full body of work this year, over 82 games, the, probably one of the more consistent teams. I know Golden State's road record in uh, this year, and I know that it all takes us to win one game, a game one or two, and I'm sure Sacramento will be a little bit nervous here. I just, I look at this team comparable to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to date myself and go back twenty twenty two 22 years, I guess, when I was in New Jersey. We were the one seed in, in 02. Outside of Jason the kid, we were at a really young roster, and nobody gave us a chance at all. And that was back when there was best of five, and we wound up losing game one. So we will deal with some type of adversity here. But I like I like the Sacramento King. I think the X factor with them is going to be some of their some of their bench guys, Monk and, and Trey Lyles here. But I just you know the, the championship stigma or mentality in Golden State. I'm not going to buy into it. I mean, a lot of people will, but I'm going to. I'm going to stick with Sacramento. I think they have a better roster. Now, do, are they championship-worthy? They, are they battle-tested like Golden State has been? No. And I think that's where it's going to have to, you know, how do they deal with adversity? And I think adversity could be maybe losing a game one on uh, at home.
0: When you look at, and we all know how much the the sport changes in the postseason, and, and it becomes a possession by possession battle, and it slows down a bit. And half court is 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 very important. Physicality is is rewarded because you know on too many guys fouling out. When you handicap teams built for the playoffs, what, how does the Western Conference look in your opinion under under that lens?
4: Yeah, under that lens, I mean, if you go slow to game down, get half court, I mean, I think Phoenix certainly has an edge just because of Devin, um, and, and Kevin. And then if you, if you want to try to double one of them, you know, if Chris can make shots, you know, I mean, he's proven that he can. That gives you a tremendous edge. And then you're kind of looking at your, you know, some of your, your role players here. I mean, I mean, Booker and Durant are probably the, if you're ranking closers in the playoffs and you had to draft them, you know, they're going to go in the top 10. Um, so you have, that's a huge advantage here. I mean, cause the game will slow down. I mean, you're not going to be able to just to kind of, you know, maybe game one or two teams start to figure out teams start to game plan. Um, but that's going to be the key is if, if they get, if they try to take the ball out of the, uh, uh, of Durant and try to get the ball out of his hands here, kind of who you're going to have to rely on, you know, one of your other players to beat you. And you've got, you know, Booker who's, you know, besides his injuries had, you know, certainly a, an, an all NBA type year.
1: Bobby Marks from ESPN, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I want to shift the focus to a team that's not uh, in the playoff party, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. And my partner mentioned the word "grimy." I, I think they would be yes. the poster boys for, for, for grimy mm-hmm. and how they handled the end of the season. And now you have to you know, ask the questions about Luka Doncic's happiness moving forward, about Kyrie Irving's future heading into free agency this summer, and the moves that they made to get here. I mean, how do you size up everything that you took in from Dallas at the end of the year, Bobby? Yeah. Desperate. Right. I mean, there was a sense of
4: desperation. Um, I understood why they did it. Um, they probably could have handled how they rested players differently. Maybe not put rest next to Christian Wood and Josh Green, especially when you're going to be off for five or six months here. But they're, they're, they're basically kind of backed in a corner little assets to get better outside of signing Kyrie. That pick was going to New York. Um, The likelihood is that they retain a top 10 pick to either keep or move into the draft. I I said it on TV. I, I, you know, the optics think, you know, it's certainly a black mark for the NBA, but working in a front office, I understand why they did it. And I've, probably would have done it and had a hard night time sleeping here, but they're, they're really, you know, it's funny. You go from conference finals to now to the lottery here. Uh, and they're really, their lone option outside of just getting lucky in a draft is bringing Kyrie back. I don't know how they can't, especially when you lost um, Brunson last year for nothing. And you would basically lose, lose Kyrie for nothing here. And it's, and then you have 90 million tied up with Luca and him. And you know, it's, it's going to be hard to add unless you kind of flip that pick for something for something else here, but they've, you know they've positioned themselves from being a nice team with with their um, you know with the ceiling wide open here to I think it's closed uh, at least for now for this team to you know compete for a championship.
0: Obviously, it's been a revelation um, and a painful one at that in Phoenix for Mikael Bridges fans and there's a ton of them out here as you well know watching sure. him blow up in Brooklyn the way he has. You give him a shot against Philly and and, and how do you handicap the East?
4: I don't. I just think they're going to have a hard time. I, I picked Philly in five. I think the Embiid factor, I don't know who guards him. I know Nick Claxton here, but it's going to be very challenging. The, the problem with Brooklyn, and it's a nice story because they've kind of just hung on. Bridges has been great. Cam Johnson has had some nice moments here. It's it's getting into that half court, like I said. like. When it slows down, and if Brooklyn can't make shots, they are going to struggle because whether it's they have a hard time getting easy baskets, and that's either posting up Embiid, hardened to the rim. I think it'll be important, you know, critical for Brooklyn to keep Philadelphia off the free throw line. So can they steal a game? If it's going to be, maybe it's game one here. But I think it's, I think Philadelphia is going to be too hard. Especially if Harden struggles, you've got Maxie who can come in. You still have Tobias Harris. Defensively, they're really good here. And then the Embiid factor is going to be, I mean, if Claxton picks some foul trouble, they are very undersized and um, they'll they'll certainly struggle there.
1: Bobby, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. We really appreciate the uh, insight. Thank you, Bobby. You got it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, hey, Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider from uh, ESPN, our guest on the Arizona sports line. Coming up next, it's time to hit some social studies on Twitter. Sarah Gazelle will take us through it next here on Bickley and Mornings. Arizona sports, the local sports leader.